Hey guys, thanks for listening in. My name is Kaylee and you're listening to the Joy and Infertility Podcast where we are all about finding joy, yep, even in infertility. So two weeks ago today was our launch of our first episode ever and you guys blew me away. I was so encouraged by all the texts and the messages and the reviews and just how many people shared. I had no idea what that day was going to look like, but I was just, every expectation I had was far exceeded. And that was because of you and your encouragement. So thank you. I hope this continues to be as encouraging to you as it is to me every time we do an episode. And so today we are here for episode two, and I'm going to interview my friend Libby Myron about her story. Libby's been in the corporate world and the church world ministry for most of her life, but currently she is able to stay home with her not one, but two miracle babies. Now wait, before you tune me out or turn this off, because you just heard that she's got two kids and that's all you need to know, just wait. Libby tries to live her life by her core values. And one of her core values is that she wants to live her life with joy. So as you can imagine, when her and her husband faced their infertility journey, that was a very difficult thing for her to maintain that joy through that season. But because of what she learned through her journey, she has got some gold for us today. She shares some really practical things that we can do with our husbands while we're waiting, as well as a neat thing to do as you prepare for your future kids, like logging all of the people who have prayed and supported you through this journey so that you can one day show that list to them of all the people that cared about them before they were even born. And I love something that she shared, which is about the different types of friends that we all need on this journey. Um, but you need those people that you can vent to and say, if I get one more baby shower invite, I am going to lose my mind. And also the ones that can call after appointment and say, how many follicles did you have? Oh, that's awesome. And they know the questions to ask and they know um, the lingo and the challenges and how you may be feeling and um, that. But then it was also nice that I had friends that while they didn't struggle to get pregnant, they were just the dear close friends that cared about me enough to even they would ask like what what do you need from me like how can I help you through this do you want space do you want me to bug you if you you know if you we haven't seen you socially in a few days oh there's so much truth in that little part of this interview and so I cannot wait for you guys to hear what else she has to say here we go Hey, Libby, welcome to the Joint Infertility Podcast. Thanks so much. Excited to be here. I'm so glad our paths crossed a few weeks ago. I was in the lobby at the church that we attend and was talking to somebody, and he reminded me of your story because you used to work for our church. And so I actually didn't know that much about it, but girl, your story is awesome. <laughs> I love I love what God has done. And so before we get started about all of that, go ahead and tell us a little about your family. Okay. Well, um, my husband, Gerardo, and I have been married for over 11 years. Um, We met in college at Oklahoma State, and um, we currently live in Cleveland, Ohio. We um, 
just moved here from Texas. My husband's doing the medical journey, and so we're up here for a year for fellowship, and then we're excited to move back to Oklahoma and be close to family and friends. We have a little girl that's two and a half named Amaris, and we just had our um, little son named Maddox, and he's about six and a half weeks old. So everyone listening is probably like, all right, she's got two kids. Why is she on the Joy and Infertility podcast? But there's a reason, I promise. Yes. Um, so why don't you tell us a little about what your fertility journey has looked like? Yeah. Um, so like I said, my husband and I have been married for a while, and it got to be, maybe we'd been married like six or seven years, and we um, just really felt like it was time to start trying for a family, and um, probably should have realized that we, if we hadn't have had a surprise by then, because I really am not a fan of birth control or the pill, and so we had just kind of been using other methods and were, um, <laughs> hadn't had a surprise or anything. And so, but we decided to actually like start tracking and get into it and really start trying. And after about a year of trying on our own, um, we had had no activity and it was one that we know everyone says, we'll give it some more time. Um, it doesn't happen immediately. Of course, some of my friends, you know, the first month they try, they were pregnant and, um, so just quit thinking about right, it. Right, It's stress, I'm sure. And so it was, um, just trying to, so we finally got to a point where I just went to talk to my OB guy about it, and we kind of started. I think we started with Clomid, um, did that for one or two months, but really didn't have much activity. And so then um, it was a. I remember it was the fall of. Um, I'm not sure what year it was, but we did Clomid, and then they started talking about the IUI and doing different shots and different things. And I had the HSG test and um, just. My husband got tested, just all the workup that they do. And um, really the only thing that I identified was that um, my right tube um, of my ovary was blocked. Um, and of course, that's the side that typically produced all the follicles in the eggs. But um, that was the only, uh, both of us, that was the only issue we found. And so they're like, oh, this will, you know, it's just a matter of um, getting enough follicles and all that. So we did... Um, the IUI, we attempted to do like three different times, and that was always frustrating because we would do it, but then my body would overproduce or underproduce, and so we had to cancel a lot of the cycles, which for those of y'all going through it, you know, it was just almost even more frustrating than getting a negative oh, yeah. positive, mm -hmm. a negative pregnancy test is just having to cancel where you know there's, it's not even going to go anywhere. Um, and then we... Finally, just kind of we're ready to take the step of IVF and um, in order to have the schedule and the calendar line up with the hospital, we waited and did that the end of January, beginning of February of that next year. Um, we went through all of the IVF stuff and actually ended up getting um, two viable embryos, transferred both, got a positive pregnancy test, and we were, um, you know, thrilled with the result of that and then went in for the six-week appointment and there wasn't a heartbeat. And um, because of the meds I was on, we got to have a DNC because my body wasn't going to pass it naturally. So a few days later, I was in a labor and delivery room, actually, ironically, getting ready to go back for that procedure. Um and so it had just been a roller coaster, to say the least, of ups and downs and, um, you know, just the medical side of it, trying to figure it out logically versus the spiritual side and the emotional side, because I was in a community that was just like baby breeding um, all around. <laughs> and um, so we got to the point where we had the 
um, miscarriage. And so that was that spring is whenever all that kind of came to a completion. And we just, we just had to take a break. Um, we were just so worn out, um, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, and, um, kind of took a break for a few months. We really explored just kind of, we took that time just to enjoy my husband and I a season and just try to grieve and recover and grow um, kind of get just stronger. And we also explored during that time adoption and we explored, Mm -hmm. um, what other things besides IVF or how, you know, different treatment centers and do we want to go to the best of the best in this place in Colorado, or do we want to stay where we are? Like, what, what do we feel like God is calling us to do? Um, then it was in the middle of that summer that we actually, felt a piece about just trying IVF again, um, because that just seemed to be the wisest next step. We decided to go to a different doctor and a different clinic that kind of specialized in it more and, um, would kind of give us more direct, uh, interactions and, um, kind of have a better customer service experience. And we, um, were all lined up to do it and we were going to start the first, um, the first round of, sorry, I'm getting emotional. He's even talking about it. We were going to do the first, we we're all lined up to start with the shots. I had them at home ready to go. And we were just waiting for me to start my period. And I never did. And about like a week and a half later, whenever I was supposed to start, I finally took a pregnancy test. Cause of course I didn't want to get my hopes up with this process. And, right. and um, it was positive. And, you know, nine months later we had a little girl. So, uh, it was totally a, just a miracle and, um, overwhelming and just confirmation that God is faithful and he's going to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. (laughs) So how did that phone call go back to like with the infertility clinic? Like, Hey, we don't need you (laughs) anymore. (laughs) it it was it was really neat and they were they were very excited and they they were great about getting me in immediately for blood work and doing the ultrasound and all that kind of stuff that they still gave me the catered attention that you get through the infertility clinics um yeah oh, that's and awesome. they saw me through my first trimester and so I got to have a few ultrasounds and things um but they were the doctor himself actually called me and said congratulations and he was, he was like this is this is you know the 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 we're celebrating with you because this is the, this is the goal we all had. So it was, it was really neat, but that's so cool. So were you like the week and a half delay? Were you fighting the, like, I'm not taking a test. I'm not taking a test. This is just like, it's not (laughs) real. Also one of those conversations with God that's like, surely come on. Like after all this, you know, um, so it just wasn't, and you know, just trying to protect my heart and just realize I've just gained the strength to do this again. And so to already kind of feel like you're back on the roller coaster, but, um, but it was at the same time, it was pretty, one of the most joyful moments for sure. So, Oh yeah. I mean, you feel like, I just feel like you appreciate it so much deeper. I mean, every, every child is a miracle. There's no doubt about that. But when you've just had to struggle for so long, it just, You just don't take it for granted. Not, not at um, all. And it was so neat a... because like our community was so excited for us because we'd, they'd been along the journey with us. And so getting to tell them and seeing their joy and, um, you know, they all joked that our 
our little girls, one of the most loved and prayed for little girls they've they've known in a long time, just because of the the journey that it, God took us on to bring us to her. So, oh yeah, I used to joke before we had our miracle was that. Um, whenever, or right when we, we got pregnant, like I was going to get her a onesie made, you know, like when you do like a 5k oh, yeah, or yeah. like a walk run, you have, you have a shirt and it's like brought to you by, and it lists yeah. all the businesses. Like I wanted to have a shirt, a onesie that said like brought to you by, and then list every person who prayed, every person who gave every person who asked us, you know, how we were doing, like just list the names and it would have covered the onesie. Like, cause it just, the oh, support oh, that you sure. get. I actually have a note in my phone that I've not let myself delete, but it's praying, praying for baby Myron. And I just would have a list of all the names because I wanted to keep them updated on the journey, but also just a, a reminder mm-hmm. that I'm not alone in this. And, um, it's just, it's neat to even all, you know, stumble upon it periodically. And just kind of that reminder of right the prayers and support God provided during that season. So, and to be able to show that yeah. to her when she gets you know older, like, you know, when, when kids start to question their identity and like, or do they matter? And like, no, 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 look oh, at this, yeah. look at this. Like, oh, honey, you have no idea. So what, I mean, I know you, yeah, you don't even know. So you, you share, you have a, you had a support group that knew what made you decide to, you know, share that instead of just walk through that journey, just you and your well, husband. I think, um, part of it is my husband and I had been blessed to be a part of a small group, um, we lived in Oklahoma. And then during this time of infertility, we lived in Texas and we had had struggles in our marriage and different things where we had just kind of experienced the value in having that biblical community around you. And, um, just knowing that we aren't intended to do this on our own. I think with the infertility, it was except it was really challenging to share. I know for me personally, a, because a lot of my friends did have children and they weren't having the, some of them were having some challenges getting pregnant, but not quite to the extent that we were. Um, and then you're also at that season of doubt about, you know, being a mom is kind of like what I knew God created me to be. And so to be that authentic and real and say that God's not answering that prayer, um, and the, the, you know, the shame that you feel as a female not being able to get pregnant and um, have children, it would, it definitely was a more of a challenge to be raw and real in those moments. But um, thankfully, I'd kind of already experienced the rewards that you get from um, sharing and going along a journey with other people. And at the same time, God put certain people in my life that had been down the infertility path. And, um, I distinctly remember having a conversation with a friend I'd kind of reconnected whenever I moved to Texas, cause we knew each other in college and we met for coffee and she actually started sharing all the infertility stuff, struggles that she'd had. And I actually remember sitting there and feeling like God was like, Hey, I'm kind of preparing you this. And it was, hearing her story and just kind of knowing, cause we'd been trying for maybe six months and hadn't gotten pregnant. And it was just that feeling of, okay, you, you want to get ready for this, but you're not alone in this. And look, I'm faithful in her and her family that now has several children. Um, just, just trust me on it. And so there were different things that stirred, uh, that, conversation and then, um, just knowing the value of being vulnerable. And thankfully I had like amazing friends that were there and walked through it with me. Um, I do 
I, in preparing for this podcast, I was kind of thinking that there, I think in the midst of it though, there were different kind of friends that I needed in that season. Um, and same with my husband, they were, I think there were friends that are, have been in the infertility or, um, are currently in it or have been in the past and now have children or adopted or whatever they felt like God was calling them to do. Um, but you need those people that you can vent to and say, if I get one more baby shower invite, I am going to lose my mind. And also the ones that can call after appointment and say, how many follicles did you have? Oh, that's awesome. And they know the questions to ask and they know, um, the lingo and the challenges and how you may be feeling and, um, that, but then it was also nice that I had friends that while they didn't struggle to get pregnant, they were just the dear close friends that cared about me enough to even, they would ask like, what, what do you need from me? Like, how can I help you through this? Do you want space? Do you want me to bug you? If you, you know, if you have, we haven't seen you socially in a few days, um, and kind of those that were kind of there with me and then others that aren't even, ready to have kids that were ready to go have an adventure and go have a girl's night. And those that like you're around that, you know, the conversation isn't going to be about children the whole time. And so I'm grateful to have those right. kind of groups, mm -hmm. different groups of friends. Cause I think that really helped carry it through. But, um, I, I knew that I, I needed to open up and let other people in on the journey. Cause if it was just myself, it would, it would, it would, it would have been a much darker and, um, it, it really would allow the enemy to work more in my heart and mind. And that just, that isn't, that isn't the way God designed it. So I think that's so good. What you said about having different groups for different things, because I think a lot of times when we walk this road on our own and it's like just us and our husband and us against the world, our husbands cannot be that for us. Even, even our relationship with God, like, yes, that's there and that he helps us through and that's, we can't do it without him. But I think just very practically every day, like you can't expect your husband to be the fun guy that doesn't ask you about it. Be the person that asks you about it and what do you need and be the person <laughs> right. that knows exactly what to say. Like you need, you, there's knowing that like one person, even one girlfriend cannot be the end all for, for what you need through the season. And recognizing who are these people in my life that I can do this with and who need, who can provide this. And, you know, I've heard girls say like, I don't want to be public because go public because I don't want the pity. And gosh, it's not about pity. Like it is not about pity. It is about just walking this journey together and God created us to do life together. And when we keep a part of our life private, it's just, right. it's well, so much and harder. One of the biggest, so much harder, probably the biggest lesson I learned through all of that horrible season, yet it was wonderful in a lot of ways, um, is just like second Corinthians 12, nine just became like my anthem, you could say, because it's just, and that verse is, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient with, for you, which that, and that phrase in and of itself is huge because I feel like you just have to give yourself grace you have to give your husband grace. You have to give your friends grace because whether they understand or not, like it's just a season where grace is a needs to be abundant. But the scripture says, my grace is efficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And admitting that weakness, even though it was out of my control, it was probably the weakest I've ever felt in my life is 
not mm. being not being able to get pregnant. But the irony is that God's power is made perfect in that. And so then the scripture goes on to say, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And it was just in that where I just realized that it's like, this is a much bigger story than me. And for Christ's power to be made known and for, you know, just for others to see what he can do, I need to boast about my weaknesses. And um, it's that our culture doesn't tell us to do that. Human nature doesn't tell us to do that. But it was a huge kind of light bulb moment. And yes, I'm not saying every day I was like, Hey, I'm struggling with infertility. It was just, this was a truth that I just needed to hear over and over. And it's one that I still try to live out because there's no, there's no, God doesn't get any glory whenever we keep things to ourselves. So, so good. That is, (laughs) yes, I was about to say that. And then you just started going into it and I'm like, yes, yes, preach. So good. God does not get the glory if we keep it quiet. People will never know the miracle that these kids are and the mighty hand of God and how he still is alive and does miraculous things if we just keep it quiet. So for those of you who are listening that are just struggling to share, I mean, just start small, start small, just share with, share with one friend and then maybe your life group or well, and honestly, just see how it turning point for me too, was even just sharing with God. I think it wasn't up until this point that I knew I could sit there and cry out to God. And I think a lot of my, like, that's where it Mm -hmm. started was I remember sitting on the couch and just like, almost like yelling at him in tears, (laughs) like verbally out loud, like I was home alone. And it was just that like, okay, God, Mm -hmm. I know you like, you'll take our anger. You'll take our sadness. You'll take, you know, our frustration. And so what are you doing? And I think that was almost a turning point for me because it, it allowed me to be raw. And then, um, through that, you can Mm -hmm. start being raw with more and more people, um, as you build those trusted relationships. So how did your, how did your husband process through all of this? Um, What was his way of, he, 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 he was amazing with it. And I'm very grateful for that, but I think it's just, it's so funny how different men and women are, um, with all of it, especially with his medical background. I think initially he wanted to understand it. He wanted to understand why we weren't pregnant. Um, Mm -hmm. and from a medical standpoint, from a biology standpoint, from a, you know, just, just, it does. I just remember he would always say, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And, um, I, we laugh looking back at it, that it's, my husband and my personality are both ones that like, well, if you work hard enough for it, then you can make it happen. If you map it out and you do this and you obey this and follow these guidelines then you can reach your goal. And, um, one of the big lessons God wanted to teach us is like, it's not within your power. Like this is something that you can work as hard as you want. And, um, it's really up to, up to me, up to God to figure out what that is. And so if he first tried to just fix it and, um, want to understand it and fix it. And then you could see that as the layers started coming back, the emotional wear that he was experiencing with, um, watching me go through it, but also just, you know, he wanted to be a dad just as much as I wanted mm-hmm. to be a mom. Um, and so it, it, once we got through that, I think there were times where we would both get emotional in front of each other. And it was in those moments that we really started feeling connected on the journey and really, 
it's kind of like mm-hmm. the thing where I had to cry out to God. We had to cry out to each other. And then that helped bring us together where we equally went. And I think, too, we both felt inadequate in our own. You know, I here I am as a wife that my husband and I have been talking about having kids forever and I can't give him kids right now. And then he was wondering, is it something that's wrong with me? Like, why can I not give my wife children? She's crying all the time. And, you know, just it's, it's we kind of had to be real with each other. Um, that he, he, he was really good, whether it's good or bad, we'd been through like I'd said, we'd been through stuff um, in our marriage that had kind of forced us to be closer, that we'd already kind of worked through things. Um, and so the, I'm grateful we had a strong foundation going into it. But it was it was tough on him. And he, he needed the break um, after the miscarriage just as much as I did, for sure. So was there anything like specific for either you or him or both of you guys that was like a like a book or was there you know a mentor or a, a message that you that was like kind of like a shift for you guys where you pivoted from kind of feeling like this was just the end of your life kind um, of thing versus I, like I, oh god you know, oh god's doing something throughout the throughout the journey I think for us a lot of it was sharing with our small group there in Texas um and kind of having them walk along beside us and even, you know, the other husbands that would text and reach out to Gerardo and say, Hey, we're praying for you and different things. Um, I think for, for me, it was little things like, like this song oceans by Hillsong was popular. It had just come out. And like, that was my, that was, yeah. Like I would just put that song on repeat and, sing it with a smile, sing it in tears, sing it with whatever it was. Um, there, so I, I think Man. a lot of it was just the people that were around us. Um, our families were real encouraging and helpful with it. Um, but then at the same time, my husband and I were also intentional to like, go have fun. Um, we would, we lived just about an hour north of Austin and Temple. And so we would go to Austin on a Saturday and just we, we, uh, we actually had a bucket list of things to do before we had kids and we would just kind of add the longer it took us to have kids, the more we added stuff to the bucket list to try to just go and, oh, that's fun. you know, okay, God, you're giving us this time. So let's mm-hmm. go stay out late in Austin and I'm going to go drink cocktails and <laughs> dance and walk around and, um, you know, have fun and get back at midnight and, like, let's go to San Antonio for the weekend. And so we tried to be intentional to have fun and still celebrate and enjoy each other. And then mm-hmm. at the same time, really dive into uh, worship and biblical community and just the truth and scripture and just like remind our, each other of God's truth. Even if one of us wasn't feeling it, the other one would try to bring it, bring it back to the center. <laughs> So for the girl who's sitting there listening, who still doesn't have a miracle baby, who still is waiting, um, and they're saying, great for you, Libby, like you have got your miracle. You're on the other side. You have two miracles, but I'm still waiting. What would I mean, you, honestly, what would you say to her? Just uh, love. I am so sorry. <laughs> and I know it sucks right now. And I know that right now it seems you feel so hopeless and discouraged and frustrated and sad. Um, but just take it a day at a time because 
God has purpose in this season and he has a perfect plan. I'm not saying that because it's cliche and it's just the easy Christian thing to say, but there is a perfect plan there. Um, and it, it is in his timing. And I believe that the stuff he's doing in your heart and in those around you and in your husband's heart, um, it's going to exceed any expectation that you have ever dreamed. Um, just surround yourself with friends and family and be grateful for the community and take advantage of it that God's placed around you. And if you don't feel that community right now, um, there's different ways to find and connect with other infertility groups. Um, I, I would even just talk to your doctor about it because there's other women out there that would be there to encourage. Um, mm. And I think a big thing, too, is to set know, know your limits and set your boundaries. Um, don't feel guilty if you don't want to go to a baby shower and don't feel guilty if, um, you need to turn off Facebook, um, and not get on Instagram because you are tired of seeing pictures of kids in their Christmas pajamas. I've, I, I get it and I've been there and, um, don't, don't put yourself through that agony that's not needed. Um, and give yourself grace, but just take it a day at a time. There's going to be days where the sun is shining and you're ready to go conquer the world. And there's going to be days that you just want to stay on the couch and watch Netflix and just roll with it. Um, but God has a plan and worship him even whenever you don't feel like it, but, um, worship him. And I, it also helped me to find ways to serve others. Um, just kind of get me out of my little world. Um, but just take it a day at a time and don't don't lose hope and trust God and and he he will reveal it it's we don't know when but he he definitely will it's good stuff thank you so much libby for sharing your heart and thank you for your passion for these girls that are still waiting and i just i know that's your your heart's desire thank you kaylee for providing this platform and just encouraging all of us out there I hope that Libby was just as encouraging to you guys as she was to me. I love what she says when she was sitting at that table with her friend and her friend was sharing her journey and she just felt God say, get ready, I'm preparing you for this. And just like that, you're sitting here listening today. You are not alone. He was faithful in her friend's story. He was faithful in Libby's story. And he's faithful in your story. You just have to trust him. Hey, I would love to know what you guys thought of today's episode. So make sure you go on iTunes and rate us and give us a review. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Joy and Infertility. And you can check out our website at joyandinfertility.com. I would actually love to hear your story. So there's a place on there that says share your story. You go on there and just fill out that contact form. And I would just love to hear your story so that I can join and pray with you. As you can tell, I don't think that we should do this alone. So even if it's just sending me a message on my website, you'll never see me. I don't have to ask you questions about it. I won't throw it out on Facebook, but that way you can just get that off of your chest and be able to share that with someone else and know that somebody out there is praying with you on your journey. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode and I'm going to end it out like I always will. Isaiah 40 31 says this, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I know waiting is hard. But what I hope you come to know and believe is this, God is with you. 
He sees your heart. He loves you and he is good. There will be beauty born from your journey. Have a great day.